starting. We're starting now. Okay. It's recording. Okay, so we're just gonna edit out the. No, first we're gonna part. leave that. Fuck. Hey. Well, <laughs> we got we gotta delete the f bomb. No. Yeah. Wait. Right. Since when? <laughs> we can't just start with fuck. Yeah. We can. I mean, uh, welcome <laughs> Look, to six degrees. If these people knew what the fuck I went through to get you guys to sound good, they would understand. If they've been listening past episode 100 they'll understand you know, mm-hmm. they should understand why i'm frustrated going into these episodes it's not that i'm a dick during these things out of choice i mean you are it's a dick re- but that's yeah. not the reason it's reactionary right. to the bullshit that i go through to Tangential. get you guys to actually talk into a microphone i am talking into the microphone yeah here it. i go here talking are. into the microphone episode 103 i thought we were done welcome to six degrees of rumination <laughs> With your hosts, Rena Gorman. Nina Boyd. Fuck you. <laughs> and we all know who that is. <laughs> Grouchy Pants McGee, mm. otherwise known as Producer Mike. So we are back at it. We got a really fun episode. This one's a kind of nature and animals focused kind of episode. So you know what you're getting yourself into. We got stuff about animals that have eight appendages. What that else do we have? creepier than it is Is that like eight dicks or that's what? what i knew that he was gonna make that joke i mean you're you'll find out let's oh. not spoil the surprise <laughs> can't wait can't confirm so, or deny yeah the presence of an eight dick <laughs> animal number of, yeah um i hate to bring this up after that joke but my favorite article is the camel one so yeah we're looking yeah. forward to the camel one we've got um some stories about um whether or not animals have personalities and what kind of personalities they may have and but i'm really excited about this first one it's about um mice having or is it mice or rats rodents having uh dreams before they're even born as a means to get them used to moving around what the fuck would they dream about? <laughs> I was going to say that in a slightly different way. Like yeah, how the I fu- wonder like what do you know oh, it's warm and wet right now. Maybe the dreams are like... Guess I'm going to dream about being warm and wet? No, their brain is practicing, like, maybe projecting into, you know, They're the future. Like, what will I... How will I move once I come out of this They'll womb? probably end up being cat food. Actually, Nina, well, you did a really good job of, of guesstimating what, yes. what they're dreaming about. I really so, was guessing, yeah. Let's think of it this way. When you're born, you wake up... You're, you wake up, you're, you're alive now, and you're using your eyes, and you're getting all this weird visual sensory information coming through through your eyes and how does your brain like kind of make sense of it it takes a while for your brain to figure out what shapes and color and movement and faces are and stuff like that um but they've noticed that at least with um these rodents is that they already have kind of a sense of how to move around like pretty quickly and that's a lot of processing of visual information um, it's not, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in your brain when you're seeing things move at you or you're moving through space. And so they were able to measure the brainwave activity of these mice while they were in utero and their brainwave activity matched the same kind of brainwave activity you have when you're dreaming mm-hmm. and when you're like moving through space. Did they get into like if it matches the level of activity humans have when they're dreaming when it's a human like a baby in the womb or like a human adult like so i'm not sure if that same pattern correlates to uh humans too and they haven't done it yet but they're Uh, postulating that yeah we should try and investigate this and figure this out for humans um so yeah so if you can imagine like a a mouse like running around through a maze or just running around through this environment they can look (laughs) at the brainwave patterns and it's a very specific kind of looking brainwave activity and they found that happening in these unborn mice when they're like in utero so it's like they're they're practicing yeah you know moving around but in like a dreamlike state as well wouldn't it be sad if they just like dreamt about being in mazes (laughs) <laughs> like they already know where they're going, you know, and they were obviously, they were studying them like in a lab, right? So these are like lab rats, maybe generations yeah. of lab rats. So maybe their dreams have like been narrowed down generation to generation. Yes. So they're just like, I'll be in a maze. Or, or, or like a test subject for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dream about that shit before you're even born. Or it's sad in a different way where maybe they're dreaming about running through a field and then when they're born, they're in a cage 
Despite all my rage, <laughs> I'm still running through mazes in my dreams. Rat in a cage works. Yeah. You, you could have just know. left it alone. <laughs> it's like exactly <laughs> like the comparison. It, it, like it fucking fit perfectly. It didn't need to be changed. That's cool. Do you guys ever have dreams like planning ahead? Um, if you fall asleep worrying about something and then you dream what you could do about it, like the next yeah. day if you're stressed about whatever. Yeah, actually last night I had a weird dream and I was basically um, late for my... Uh, coffee date meet up with one of my friends yeah. and I was telling him I was going to meet him at 8.30 and in my dream I looked at the clock and it was 10.30 and I'm like oh no I'm late for my coffee with Mel so yeah it's such a like mundane dream yeah well, that dream sucks what did you do were you did you wake up when you realized you were late or did you figure out how to like no I was, I was totally running late it was a weird it was a weird dream my dreams are weird I, and whose dreams aren't weird you know but yeah but you I, have a lot of lucid dreams so maybe you were like I wasn't really lucid, but like I was fairly coherent and, you know, understanding what was going on around me, but I didn't piece it together that I was actually dreaming. But Producer Mike? No, you know what I'd have? I have work dreams and I hate work dreams. You guys so, dreams. but that's is but anticipating what you're about to do. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. yeah. And the reason I hate work dreams is because they're like a complete full day of work <laughs> and then you wake and up I and wake you're up like well like, fuck <laughs> it's already tuesday or whatever yeah. it's like it's like tuesday part two yeah you know it's like <laughs> that's why they call it tuesday yeah it's fucking <laughs> that's the worst it's like you dream of like a full ass day of working and then all yeah. of a sudden you realize it was a fucking dream and you still have to go to work i have dreams like that sometimes especially <clears throat> like when i came back after being gone for a while but a lot of my dreams are more like i don't know just weird thematic sort of like representational symbolic kind of dreams and i wake up and i'm like that's a whole different world than what i'm dealing with in real life but i like that i'd rather have it be like that yeah i feel like our our dream brain or dream consciousness like it's very like punny and <laughs> symbolic and it's just yeah it's kind of fascinating how it thinks in symbols and jokes and puns and you have jokes in your dreams I think so. I, I can't like, think of anything off the top I've of my head. I don't think I've had any funny dreams where I've woken really? up and been like, ah, that was a good one, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but they're imaginative. Yeah. So. Well, uh, our next uh, article is about um, lucid dreaming. So if you don't, if you don't know what lucid dreaming is, it's when you're lucid in your dream. Duh. Uh, it's when you're like basically as conscious as you are when you are awake and everything seems very, very real and you're very aware of your surroundings and you, you realize that you're in the dream state or in the dream world and you can start kind of having more autonomy and control and manipulation of the dream. So you can fly if you want to fly, you can meet people you want to meet, you can do anything you want to do. So it's really kind of cool state of consciousness where you're awake in the dream state. And uh, so doing research on this, it'd be cool to figure out, you know, like how do I get to that state of consciousness? How do I wake up in my dream and still stay asleep and dreaming? And um, so these researchers, they, um, they got together 121 participants, um, people who have practiced different techniques for helping them um, become lucid in their dreams. So stuff like, um, they said they did something like where they woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down their dreams and then they went back to sleep. So I don't know. There they must woke be... up like someone woke them up or they woke up naturally? Uh, I'm not sure. It's not clear. But that was part of the, the their, their method was to somehow wake up in the middle of the night, jot down whatever dreams they're having, and then go back to sleep for the second half. But what they did specifically with this um, study, which was published in 2018, a few years ago, was they gave them a, a drug um, that had <clears throat> acetylcholine esterase. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah we all know acetylcholine esterase. Um, acetylcholine is a common neurotransmitter that is um, used a lot to modulate your REM sleep where you're dreaming in that uh, stage of sleeping. Mm. Um, and the, oh, sorry, so I got this a little mixed up. The acetylcholine esterase, the same thing as acetylcholine, but it's got esterase added to the end of the word. The esterase. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. The ester, I'll just call it esterase for short. Yeah, okay. It inactivates acetylcholine. So if you've got a lot of acetylcholine esterase 
enzyme going on in your brain, it's going to inhibit the acetylcholine, which means you are less likely to have vivid dreams or something. That makes me think of like, there's certain situations people are like in a hospital or whatever, and then they're given a drug to give them a dreamless sleep. Like if they're like oh, yeah. PTSD victims or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Like you just need to shut up and <laughs> stop <laughs> well, thinking. I mean, <laughs> I've always wondered, you know, yeah. about that. So I guess this might be one of those drugs that they use that. Um, yeah. So what they do is they use this uh, drug to inhibit the esterase, the acetylcholine esterase, so that there's nothing inhibiting the acetylcholine so you can dream vividly. Um, this drug is actually an, um, something that they use to treat uh, memory decline in Alzheimer's. It's um, called there we go. Uh, galantamine, like galantamine, yeah. Um, all right, so they take this galantamine, and actually did this kind of a short study. I wish they would have done a, a more extended study. They, they did three nights. On the first night, the recipients got a placebo. The next night, they get four milligrams of this mm. galantamine. And then on the third night, they opted up to eight milligrams. And um, they found that um, there was um, 14% of the participants reported a lucid dream on the first night when they had the placebo. So that's about one in seven. When they gave them four milligrams of galantamine, they had 27%. So that's like one in four. And then when it rose to, f- and then it rose to 42% of them reported having lucid dreams Mm-hmm. Um, on the eight milligram dose on the third and final night. So that's pretty big jump in um, reports of lucid dreaming. But these were people who like already were into lucid dreaming. It wasn't like a, Correct. Just a, a regular, like, I don't know, sample size population. Like. Correct. Yeah. And I think uh, most of the population do, uh, doesn't have uh, lucid dreams on a very regular basis. This kind of makes me sad because I, I feel like if it's so easy to give people lucid dreams, it's, it's as easy as just like giving them a drug that kind of takes the magic out of it, you know? Because like some people who lucid dream, you're like, wow, how do you do that? You must be different in some way if you do it naturally. Mm-hmm. Well, just but it's just like drugs. You know? Call it a call <laughs> it a supplement. Not, it's not no, a drug. It's a supplement. It's not the same. I mean, vitamin C. You could, I think you could consider that a drug. If you, yeah, I guess. You know. But if you call it supplement or nutrient, then mm. uh, you know it has a nice uh, ring to it, doesn't it? I guess so. Yeah. So, anyways, they're, they're and they're uh, saying like, "Hey, don't go out there and just start popping galantamine." No. <laughs> you know, go, go raid grandpa's medicine cabinet and take his Alzheimer's medication. He won't remember that it was there anyway. <laughs> so. Just saying, all you need is like four to eight milligrams, and you have a good chance of having a lucid dream. Hmm. Um, some of the um, non-drug methods, though is using a dream journal. And as soon as you wake up, you have to start writing down your dreams right away because you lose your memory of it pretty quickly. And so as soon as you wake up, you make the habit of writing it down in your dream journal. You can usually remember the last dream you were in. Um, but that's a good way to um, to help with your lucid dreams. I have a dream journal and I use it, you know, um, I kind of like ebb and flow how often I use it. But I used to write them down all the time after I would wake up, and I've only had maybe one lucid dream in my whole life, and it didn't. Hmm. It could have been a lucid dream, but maybe it wasn't. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking like when I woke up, maybe I thought it was one, but I was just like, maybe I was still half asleep, and then I assumed that it was lucid yeah. because I was still thinking about it. But yeah. in the dream, I was like in outer space, maybe in the spaceship. I don't know, but. I was in front of like a really big windshield of the spaceship. So to me, I was just seeing like all the stars and planets. I just knew that I was like inside of something. Mm -hmm. And then I was trying to like reach for the stars. Like literally, I was trying to like... (laughs) See, see, you're reaching for the stars. See that symbolism? My dreams have puns, but not jokes, not like ha-ha jokes, you know? That's a dad joke. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Um, And I remember like trying... This is my Saturday. I remember trying really hard (laughs) to like... This is my Saturday. To reach really far for them. And I remember (sighs) consciously or, you know, unconsciously like making myself reach more. And I was still asleep. But in the dream, I was like, I should try to reach harder. So it's like, is that a lucid dream? Or is it just like me Mm. dreaming logically and like trying harder to do something? Yeah. But when I woke up, my arms were like this. (laughs) But when I woke up, my (laughs) arms were so long. (laughs) They were all the way into space. So, you know, but. No, I think like. You know, I have to deal with this. This is what happens. With her. Yeah, he, Mike was just talking sm- off off microphone, if you will, about yeah, how I don't sit still in my sleep. No, you don't. It's a perfect example. It fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. um, I, like to, I get a lot of exercise yeah, throughout the day and afterwards. So yeah, just, you get exercise all fucking day and yeah. night. Like, you kick me. 
in my back. Like I've she's need me. I don't me. mean to. Like I, I I sleep on my back to her some of the times, and she's just full on board, just fucking need me right square in the middle of it. Never turn your back fucking, to the ocean, Mike. Fucking <laughs> dead asleep, like I'm like slammed. It feels like someone punched me in the back, and she's just over there like. <laughs> You are going to be dead asleep one of these days. Yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> like it's a, she does this thing, and it's like she just like splays her arms out. She's punched me in the I face. I like to She's, stretch, dude. It's bullshit, <laughs> and I don't mean to do I, it. I like your defense. You're like, I like to stretch. I know, like, not, I gotta have room. This isn't want? stretching. This is assault and battery. Well, like, bruh, stop. Okay, whatever I, the I fuck it is, it is it's assault just, and battery. Yeah. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> But Reno has lots of lucid dreams. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. think Mike does. I don't. No, know. I don't. I don't have this weird. He doesn't stuff get that to relax do. enough sleeping next to me. <laughs> You're I guess. like, oh, I'm lucid <laughs> in my dreams. I get to like fucking right. play around like it's some virtual reality that's thing. Not, no, but it's not like I don't get on, to do that. It's not. That's not how to. Can you like it, tell it, us one of your? It is kind of like that. Well, yeah, but, exactly but not with that is. voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's just like I don't get to do that. I don't know. Give us an example of like I go to sleep and I sleep. I'm there to sleep. I'm there to get rest so I can do the same bullshit I do the next day. Well, okay. But yeah. Okay, so but share if an you, anecdote. Yeah. If you had a lucid dream, you could be like, oh shit, I'm not really at work. This is a dream. I don't have to be at work and you could flow out of the, out of the warehouse. You How could, do you do it? He's going to tell you because uh, yeah. he does it all the time. What hippie bullshit do I have to do? What hippie bullshit do I have to do to make this happen? Well, you could take some Alzheimer's drugs to start. <laughs> I don't need them, though. Apparently uh, one, you do, because you can't lose a dream. One of the things you do is you have to get into the habit of doing reality checks throughout the day. You make it a habit. So um, you could write a C on your hand, or you could write anything on your hand and just check and look at your hand. Try and do that like 10 times a day. Just look at your hand and do like a double take. When you're dreaming, your hand will look really weird. And um, symbols, um, like um, numbers and letters, um, are really, really hard to read and discern um, in the dream world for some reason. And so if you ever try to read text or if you're trying to use your phone and your phone's not working, do a reality check, double check, you're probably actually dreaming because computers, electronics, um, reading, it doesn't work in the dream world. So that's a dead giveaway. So if you check yourself, like you make a habit, you know, like every hour, like you're- <laughs> Just making sure like just am i fucking wake is this real <laughs> but then it trains you it trains <laughs> your hold but, on this is how you lucid dream no, it, draw a c on your hand uh, and look at it 10 times a day it trains your brain to then do the check when you're asleep too isn't that uh, what happens like that's why i need more coffee i'll then, be right back because you're that's why you can't lucid dream you're constantly awake so just double check on your way up there when you're getting yeah. coffee make sure you know you're write a actually c on awake. your hand for coffee but yeah but if i remember right that is the point of it right because then yeah. it makes it so your brain is when you're asleep your brain also goes wait am i dreaming right. and then that's the consciousness right. you need and you might have like 100 dreams before you like you notice like oh wait my phone's not working wait am i am i dreaming and then you know after a few times you you, you try and strike that balance of being awake and alert but not so awake and alert that you wake wake up, up. Yeah. you gotta kind of stay under it's this weird fine line to to navigate um meditation helps too because you're training your ability to focus and also let go yeah and be present in your surroundings but not have your surroundings influence or direct your train of thought lucid dreaming seems like the like a weird opposite of meditation where a lot of people are like when i try to meditate for the first time i fall asleep so the main goal is not to fall asleep but when yes. you're lucid dreaming the main goal is not to wake up so in a way they like cross over you know <laughs> i never noticed that yes yeah. so it all works out so anyways, um, but yeah, one of my, I, I kind of have some New Year's resolutions coming up. Um, oh. We're recording this in December of 2021. Um, so I want to get a better morning routine and get my days starting off like consistent and kind of starting off on the right foot because I'm a grumpy person in the morning and I've been really good the past uh, couple months of like waking up at the same time yeah. every day, even on the weekends. And it feels a lot better. I feel like my, my sleep's a lot better. And Is it just like you want to get your sleep cycle or your sleep schedule down? Or is there like a different part of the routine you try to... Like, I want to read the paper or have breakfast yeah, like this. Or I haven't figured out exactly what my morning routine should be, but something along the lines of like some kind of exercise, you know, walking More around. exercise? Well, just a little bit of exercise to like start the day or like some meditation or, or something like that. You could probably save time by lucid dreaming that you're exercising. And then when you wake up for real, you'll be... <laughs> All set. <laughs> that's that's for 2023. One, okay. one, one step at a time. 
What about you guys? Any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, quit mm. this fucking podcast. All right. He doesn't mean that. He loves the podcast, <laughs> especially only, the setup part. We only do like four or five a year now. Yeah, yeah. boy, do you guys make up for lost time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Guilty. I actually have a New Year's resolution. I feel like maybe producer Mike's and mine will cross over because we've been meeting to travel more together. As a couple, oh, yeah. we traveled like all over California, but yeah. we don't really go outside of California very often. I mean, it's a big so, state, so I'll give you that. But yeah, you got to get outside yeah, the box. Maybe not like out of the country immediately, but like just in general. I want to go to Montana. I we, feel like I would like We got there. married in Nevada. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's like right there. And, <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. Got so. married in a casino. Well, no, 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 no. So, so we drove <laughs> into Nevada, got on a yacht, and then went back to the California side on Lake Tahoe. Like, That's so never time. mind. Yeah. So never mind. We docked in Nevada and came back <laughs> to California. We didn't even need the, docked, the different marriage huh? licenses. Oh, yeah, we docked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got me. married before we docked, all right? That's <laughs> how you do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, all right. Um... Okay, moving on. Yeah. We've got lots of ground to cover. Well, we're not talking about docking anymore? No. We'll get back to docking. Like, I mean, that no, was we, way more interesting than your bullshit right, right on your hand. Okay, Mike, <laughs> next on the agenda is terrifying you. Is it? That's our, our next one. There's no segue for this. I'm going to just jump right in here. Yeah, I can hit the stop button. No, I mean, like, I think you might find this interesting. There's like only two things that fucking make me afraid. That's well, an insane fear of heights. Yeah. And I'm talking like really, really high. I think everyone is afraid of being really, really high up because you could fall and die. It's and legitimate. arachnids. Yeah. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. And these Fuck. are arachnids that are way up high. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 103 of Six Degrees of Rumination right, with your host, right Reno Gorman, Nina Boyd, and their producer tonight. Mike, yeah. good night. You can't even say his name. He's no, so yeah, that's how much I'm fucked up. Why are we doing this? Okay, so because I thought it was interesting, and honestly, we did it for your reaction also. Why? Well, fuck you. It fits into <laughs> our like eight <laughs> appendage is... theme, kind of mini theme within the episode here. But um, you know, we have a lot of spiders out on our porch, living where we do by a lake. It's it's the one thing that producer Mike doesn't like about this area. I don't like it either. It's annoying. It's horrible. But spiders are really good at making webs. As, no as shit. we have seen living here constantly need to sweep off the porch um and johns hopkins did a study to figure out how spiders can spin these super intricate designs very often at night when it's not like they have really good vision and it's not like their brains are really big but they make these elaborate creations you know almost every day sometimes they take down the web make it again somewhere else and so the study that they did, which is the part I thought would make your skin crawl, Mike, is they set up um, cameras to film the spider's leg, like each leg had its own camera that was tracking it so they could really see Whoa. the movements of the spiders and try to analyze like how, why they did this. And then I thought about it and I just, that creeped me out. How big are these cameras? Like how the fuck? They just, they track the spider legs. They're not like, they're not on <laughs> they the legs. Like spider okay. guys, they're, they're GoPros? Like, like what are we talking are tracking, about here? <laughs> That's what I thought at first. No, no. Um, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, it wasn't like on their legs. It's they a valid question. How do we do this? Okay, like, they, they had machine vision software running okay. the cameras and it was, each camera was designed to track like one spider leg. So like think zoomed of it kind in. Of, okay. I sort of think of it like um, when we do movies these days, like all the CGI, they have those different little electrodes on people and then they can track the movements and then animate it from that, kind of mm -hmm. like that. You know, because otherwise these researchers would have had to watch like, I don't know, several hundred hours of footage to see all the legs and then track all the legs and I don't know, analyze the video. I don't so need separated it out. I don't need like don't you want to watch close that footage, up of like? spiders spinning webs to realize their legs are fucking gnarly. Well, have you, have that's you what they wanted. Have you seen that video or maybe it's maybe it's just pictures, but a video of like um they give spiders different drugs and they and they look yes. at like the different yeah. webs. They, it's weird. Mm -hmm. And messed up. Yeah. I mean, the spider doesn't know what it's taking. Fuck that. I wonder if they had lucid dreams. I yeah. hate spiders. Do you I think spiders fun. dream about making webs? Probably. They, they might. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, according to this article, they're talking about how, like, basically there's a set of rules or a set of algorithms that, like, all these um, hackled orb weaver spiders. Oh, yeah, spiders, the orb weavers, yeah. I'm going to look up a picture of these in a second. But they're they all, they, they sit on your fingertips. There might be slightly different variations of what the actual final web looks like, but they found that it's all using the same set of rules. So it's like, it's like a pre-programmed. <laughs> spider math. Spider math, yes. Spider math. Spider math. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe, maybe they do dream about it. 
Um, yeah, I think so. They plan their webs out and then they they wake up, or well, they sleep at night, plan it out, and then they wake up and, and they're like, "Oh fuck, I gotta build another web." I was just dreaming about building a fucking web. <laughs> I feel like I've had two work days. <laughs> yeah, in some cases they had infrared cameras um, and infrared lights tracking these spiders because the they build them at night, right? Yeah, the orb weavers, especially, I think, or definitely. Do they weave orb webs? Yeah. Do they? Yeah, if you look up a picture of the spider and then their web, they have these little like dome right kind of webs. Um, anyway, but the idea of a bunch of researchers watching that many legs weaving spiders freaked me out and I'm not bothered by them the way you are. I don't like them. I mean, I'm not in a hurry to like hang out with the spiders, but yeah, you know. Well, I mean, it's a lot of it has to do with like the fact that I've been bitten so many times by spiders they're creepy as shit they are we have to clean out that garage every year and spray it down with black flag because it gets like black widow infestations well if we, if we did it more than once a year it probably wouldn't be so bad no i do i mean i try to keep them out of there like i keep black flag handy on me and whenever i see one in there i dose it but uh, it's still sad i don't care i've been bit it sucks yeah but that's um, not i, I mean they're just creepy i get their i get i get why they're 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 their necessity to mother nature and ecosystems and all that shit like that they still suck yeah they're, they're still creepy they're creepy they make a big mess yeah um, you know. but it's not their fault like we're living where they are that's how they look at it so we're mm. getting in their way you know who's on top of the food chain i don't know why don't you go eat one and show it who's bottom <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works fucking just <laughs> nod in front of all of its friends like you're next oh my god <laughs> anyway they have their benefits though you know we don't have mosquitoes out there yeah we do it's no, a fucking in, lake the, in the front we do oh yeah, yeah no not in the front do you guys eat uh seafood all definitely the time. do you guys eat octopuses Always. i've had it no <laughs> i don't eat octopuses anymore i draw Octopi. Uh, I would love to call them octopi, but we're not supposed to. Why not? Because it's wrong. It's a it's a Greek word, and Greek words that are pluralized don't get the the I sound. I think it's or yeah yeah. I think Latin words that end with us and pluralized. You make it an I like cacti yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because octopuses sound so much better, right? I like saying octopi. I still yeah, say octopi. It. I just wanted to sound right. Yeah. Anyways, and I want to make sure our listeners know. That it's uncouth to say. Do we still have uncouth? listeners? We have listeners for sure. Do we? I I recommend no. our podcast every every time someone asks like, oh, yeah. do you know any good podcasts? I'm like, no, but you should listen to ours. <laughs> <laughs> They're all terrible except this one. And a few people are like, no, yeah, I've listened to a few. I'm like, all right, cool. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm sure they give up after a few. You know? Yeah. We have a lot, you know, and they're like, I mean, especially if they start episode one, it's like, oh boy. Episode one is kind of a Rough. plane wreck. Yeah, I haven't gone back and listened to it. A plane wreck? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the, if you're a new listener, so our very first episode was on September 11th. Was it? Yeah. It wasn't the, on. It was it, on. It was, but it wasn't on like And we called it the pilot. I mean, you know, yeah. like not, <laughs> it wasn't that old. <laughs> so our, on, <laughs> podcasts weren't a thing back then. <laughs> yeah, so on Sept, I think it was September 11th, 2013 was our first mm. episode. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, and we called it the pilot. And then we didn't realize what we had <laughs> yeah. done. The pilot episode, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what I mean, you know, most first episodes of things are called the pilot episode. It's not our fault. It was a plane wreck. Yeah, that's okay. Go. Whatever. We've we're going to help. podcasts find their way. You can't pass up a good pun like that. No, I mean, come on. It's difficult. Okay. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. So anyways, but who has octopi. eaten octopus? Like I mean, I, I've it. had it. Yeah, I've had it. I think it. I have accidentally, and then I was like, "This is gross. I don't want it." It's I like chewy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting texture. I like fried calamari. Yeah, that's I'll eat cool. The fuck out of squid. I tried that because yeah. people were like, "Well, why don't you try it in this form?" And I'm like, "I don't." I still don't like it. No, fried calamari is bomb. No, it's pretty bomb. Yeah. Not the fried yeah. part is. They just yeah. eat around the. Yeah. <laughs> you just eat the batter. <laughs> I don't want the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, but like actual octopus, not a fan. It's like not horrible, but I'm not like ordering it. Yeah. Well, I wonder if you go to the United Kingdom, who still calls it the United Kingdom? The UK. I mean, what would you call it? Britain. 
Yeah, but isn't I mean it's the more UK than just encompasses Britain. more than Britain. I know, That's yeah, the point. like like Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, come in there. on, Bruno. But, uh, under what circumstances do you lump oh, them all together? Ireland, in this circumstance, you know. probably because right, part of our like it's just no, 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 but like it, well, okay. But Those are this, my people, fucker. <laughs> in this particular case, it makes sense because we're talking about laws. Yeah. Right, so anyways. I suppose they have to say. So anyways, yeah, according to the UK, lobsters, octopi, and squid, they're all sentient beings. So yeah. I don't know if you could order them on... You can. You, you can still eat you can. sentient Well, the thing beings. about laws is that chicken, you can make them sentient? and then they take forever to go into effect, first the, of all. The thing so. about colonialism is yeah. they don't give a fuck if you're sentient <laughs> or not. You're what's for dinner. Exactly. Yeah, wait a second. I, sentient like wait time out chickens sentient Here, i'm gonna answer your question sentient. right now mm. oh my god like okay. i mean Look don't at, get me wrong i'm no fucking here, vegan but here is i think the most interesting part about this article because at first when i was reading it i was like wait a minute are we saying is it taking us this long to get to that point with animals like oh now we have to classify all these animals as sentient no like dogs and cats and like cows and all these things with uh, backbones were already classified as sentient beings under the law yeah we still here chow. And in the UK. No, you're allowed to eat them, but it's just we have to think about treating them humanely. That's what this law does. Oh, so what, we got to be nice to the octopus before we fry it? Yeah, well, actually, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have eaten lobster before. Yeah, it's fucking tasty. A whole lobster? Yeah, it's fucking rad. Well, no, the, I don't eat the shells and shit. No, yeah. I mean, like, have you gone somewhere and, like, gotten, like, not just lobster tail, but, like, a whole lobster? <sighs> no, I know. They, they, I don't know that I have. I've gotten just the pieces. I'm just thinking of, like, you know, the... Um, yeah, motherfuckers still the alive. Boiling, when they the go boiled on, alive yeah. method of cooking them, you know, that would be the kind of thing this law is targeting. Ugh, God, why are we being nice to food? You're not being <laughs> nice to it. You're being humane. You're still killing it and eating it, but they want <laughs> but it. But you're so giving that, it false hope. So it knows what's going on. <laughs> there's a yeah. Do you think you the know, lobster dreams about being like you'll alive? be always a good little lobster, good enough crack? Like, no, what on. they what they want, <laughs> and we do this with cows. I think most of the time already. What they want is for the lobster to be stunned first and then boiled. Right now, you can boil it alive while it's still conscious, yes. and that's the problem people have. You can like literally hear you it know. screaming, right? I don't know. I think yeah, I've heard not like that, but I've heard that before. I mean, that's my best lobster impression. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But this that's what it's trying to do. And before, um, the tricky thing with this law was people would say, Well, if it has a backbone and vertebrate, then we can argue that the central nervous system is like this and we can analyze and detect its emotions and mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But an octopus is such a weird creature. It took forever to get them to fall into this category and have people argue it might not have a backbone, but we can right. detect that it has physical and emotional pain. Yeah, and they, they, yeah, they don't have a backbone. They don't have the same kind of central nervous system that we do, but they do have a donut-shaped brain, and I think that alone just get them in the club. Just they also have cool. like little brains in their yeah. each tentacle, so they have eight mini brains like orbiting their mm -hmm. donut brain. Which I mean, we've weird. got like a mini brain in our stomach. Yeah, we've got neuron, a neural network in our stomach would and around our heart, too. Would we call it a mini brain? Like, is that what a scientist would call it? Uh, I don't know if I can speak on well, behalf I mean, like, of the whole scientific community, but... <laughs> like, I just wonder... Okay. Yeah, I mean, a brain is a group of, you know, neurons. I guess that's true. So... Huh. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So actually, boiling lobsters alive has technically been outlawed in the U.S. since at least 1999. But I don't think it's illegal technically yet in the U.K. And even if it is, there's still people who are like getting away with it, it sounds like. Could I you imagine know. like being thrown in the slammer and being like, yeah, I'm in here for <laughs> making lot for cooking lobsters. They'd beat you the fuck up so hard. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's a fine. There might be a different lobster prison. No, they than they, like they a throw you in the fucking maximum think. security. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think you're going to the penitentiary. <laughs> <clears throat> Should we jump ahead to the squirrels? I don't know. Or do you want to list off one more interesting fact about octopi? Yeah, I might as well just do it. Um, I guess they grow hundreds of temporary organs. But those well, organs they, disappear without a trace so when they're a baby they have all these like extra organs that eventually just sort of like i don't know what they wither shit away them out? And, no no but they they just kind of like get teared off of the liver. body they call them colicers organs that mm. sounds and they're yeah. like little tiny nubs basically that grow off the tentacles or arms and they're like little folded up umbrellas 
Well, that's kind of cute. Sometimes, yeah. I know octopuses are either creepy or cute, depending on how they're described. But the extra organs, they, they like expand the surface area of these baby octopuses. And the theory is it might help them, um, like especially the ones that are born in deep water and then they like navigate up to the shallower water, it might help them move better or something. But they haven't really figured out what these are for or if they're for anything. Maybe it's just like a bunch of appendices that they're growing, like how humans don't need them, you know? Right. I'm like, I'm kind of confused on why they're calling it an organ and not... Uh, an appendix like, a, a like thing of you can't call it your thumb's not an organ like yeah it sounds like they're growing like these little appendages maybe they're like would-be organs but they don't get that yeah. far yeah maybe they have some kind of uh sensory off. neuron things that, maybe they're growing more brains maybe. and eventually they'll keep that like they're evolving slowly to have like 30 brains <laughs> that would be dope um unlike squirrels <laughs> un- unlike squirrels <laughs> Um. Yeah. So we got this like nice kind of interesting theme going on of like animals and like their their consciousness and how we shouldn't boil them alive. Yeah. Have you guys ever eaten any squirrel? No. 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 I don't think I would. I. What if? What if? No. What if If you're like stranded out in the wilderness, like in a train wreck or plane wreck, as you'd like to call it? Yeah. Yeah. And like you're just out there for weeks, and like you got to eat something. I mean, if I had to, I had to. I would fight with a squirrel over the food that he would have eaten. (laughs) You're going to go searching for their nuts and shit that they buried? Yeah, I'll find their little stashes. It would, I mean, I've never been that hungry. I've never been in a situation where I'm like starving, you know, so I'm sure I can't predict how I would act. But right now, it it seems very difficult to like Mm. imagine killing something to eat it, you know? Even, I don't know. I'd rather kill an octopus than a squirrel to eat it. I think I'd rather... Kill, uh, kill a squirrel than an octopus. Octopus is kind cute. of freaky. I wouldn't want to like try and battle it and kill it. I'd rather it just like probably win. Yeah. leave it and let it be. And yeah. Squirrel though. I mean, that's, that's kind of, it's gotta be kind of fun hunting, chasing down a squirrel. They, if you're going to like be hunting food, they might be equally hard to catch a squirrel yeah. and an octopus. You know? Right. I mean like you'd have to basically you have to outsmart it. Cause like, you're not going to like chase no. or like catch a squirrel no. or like throw a spear at it. Maybe shoot it, I guess. But then like... Yeah, if you had a gun, you would probably hunt something better than squirrel. But then you'd probably ruin a lot of the meat, you know? How would it be ruined? I mean, what like kind a of gun? fucking bullet blasting through it. Like, like an assault be- rifle? No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but- I don't know. I, clearly, you've never hunted before. <laughs> Me neither. I'm kind of thinking like, how would I... That's what I mean. I can't imagine... gatherer myself. Yeah, I would rather like try to eat stuff and possibly poison myself than kill a squirrel. I don't know. Well, Mike, I know what Mike would do. No, I mean, I'd do what I have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd feel bad about it, but... No, I mean, I just realized you already answered the question. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'd do it. Moving on. Um, <laughs> what do you want? So some uh, researchers from the University of California in Davis... In Davis. Center in Neck of the Woods. They studied squirrels' behaviors for three years, and they kind of concluded that there are distinct uh, personalities that these squirrels have. Uh-oh. Uh-oh's right. Yeah. Unlike octopus <laughs> who have the same personality. Yeah. They're right. all the same. No, no. <laughs> octopi have personalities. Um, they they describe various personalities as being like bold, aggressive, or athletic, or sociable, or shy. Aren't they all bold and athletic? Like no, some in some are shy and reserved. Like within one, um, not like breed, but you know what I mean. Of squirrel, like are all yes. gray squirrels? They have that same personality. No, range. there's there's a, a divergence of. Uh, personalities within a species okay but apparently we, we are home to various species of squirrels in our neck of the woods here in northern california so it's a it's a good place to be studying squirrels um and what a, what a cool like i'm I'm assuming this is like a thesis or, or doctor, gotta be right yeah. they're like i'm gonna watch squirrels for like three years and seems like a davis like, move. yeah it sounds like a davis thesis I mean, they're probably just like well we'll see if this works yeah See how long I can do this. Um, what they, what the researchers found was that uh, the more aggressive uh, squirrels were able to, uh, you know, they run around a lot more and they're able to kind of get to better perches on like rocks or branches and they have better vantage points for spotting out predators and prey or not prey, but they have a better view of the land and yeah. they get resources. I wonder if those are the ones that get hit by cars more often exactly they're yeah. saying like th- there's the big advantage of them being able to see the predators and you know actually getting to places before the shy ones do 
um, but they are also more um, risk taking, and, and so they Impulsive. put themselves at risk more to predators. And I guess cars would be a predator if you're a I squirrel. Would think, I mean, like you know, maybe like in the the grounds at UC Davis, the predators are more like a hawk or something. But definitely like your urban squirrel, you know. There's, I mean, there's a lot of traffic out on the campus of UC Davis. So. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many like squirrels they saw getting like attacked by like hawks or cars it's sad i know during that three-year study yeah i mean i'm sure they at least once they must have seen uh an assertive very sociable squirrel get just mangled by yeah. something and they couldn't interfere just like the national geographic photographers they have to just let it happen right. watch it take those mm -hmm. notes mm -hmm. no squirrels saved in this study if you haven't seen uh, my octopus teacher <laughs> on Netflix. You should watch that. There, that that uh, conundrum of do I intervene in nature or not pops up in that. In I shouldn't that be surprised that you've seen that, but it just seems like it's such a, a good a movie. Random, like, Go it watch was it. like a, an article referencing an article referencing that documentary. You were like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, go watch it. It's good. Okay, if you like octopuses, that's your homework. So yeah, squirrels. Uh, they have they have personalities, according to hippies at UC Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of animals have personalities. I'm not like a big, I don't know. I'm a big animal person. I feel like I like the furry ones better than like an octopus, for example. But what if there was a furry breed of octopus? Creepy. No, get out. That would be pretty creepy. <laughs> that would be gross. But cats are my favorite. Definitely. Hands down. And apparently they also have um, like distinguishable personalities. They're... Um, was a study of like 4,000 cats around thereabouts and identified seven distinct personality traits, which <laughs> I am not at all surprised about. Um, and it seemed kind of like similar to the squirrel study where the traits kind of cross over. Mm -hmm. So the ones that they identified were activity, playfulness as one, fearfulness, aggression towards humans, sociability towards humans, sociability towards cats, litter box issues which to me does not seem like a personality trait that seems like a behavior problem you know but whatever and then excessive grooming so i guess when you're an animal it's like those things are going to cross over kind of uh, it's not like they're going to be like artistic or you know i mean especially when you think of the, the etymology of the word personality so like there must be like human personality traits yeah. that are equivalent to litter box issues like, like would, you would you describe throw that your person poop at your friends like, <laughs> like oh yeah mike he's a real like shitter <laughs> like he's got issues with the shitter and he's a real shit. litter box not user there's a stop button yeah okay <laughs> but yeah i mean shit. when you're talking about animals i guess there is some crossover there but i thought it was interesting they did this study they had a bunch of people who own cats basically um volunteer for the study and then um they had a bigger pool in the beginning and they sort of narrowed it down to about four thousand cats and their owners um and they wanted to know like the cat's age gender health breed and other things like that and then if they had all that data then that participant got to be in the study so um they had them answer like all these questionnaires these the owners not the cats um about how their cats <laughs> acted but I thought it was kind of cool. They had them answer one, um, like the the generic question that they had them answer at one time, and then they had them answer the same questions again, but much later to make sure that, you know, yeah. the answers were the same. And it's very easy to watch your pet and sort of like attribute characteristics to it, mm -hmm. you know, um, or like impose your own personality on it. So it's good they did it twice, I think. Yeah, and so with these different... Uh, types of cats the most fearful breed was the russian blue cat no surprise yeah we have oh. a long-haired version of that R they're called russian blue because even though they're gray cats they have sort of like a bluish tinge of fur in certain lights yeah because in russia everything's gray and they're like no that's blue yeah exactly <laughs> that's why russian blue but sophie our cat who you meet occasionally mm -hmm. she's a neighbor which is just the long-haired version of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But She's the very name comes timid. from German yeah. breeding, and so. But, but yeah, like they're. I mean, it makes sense, and I think Russian blues are the ones that like they live in the snow. You know, if they're not, like if they're in the wild, they have to be kind of like withdrawn and shy to stay alive out there. Well, as the Abyssinian, Abyss Abyssinian, was it Abyssinian? Abyssinian, yeah. 
you got the chemicals i got the cats there we yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's party yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the abyssinians are the least fearful so th- they'd make good pets yeah, then i they're guess dicks no no they're just like like the aggressive squirrel kind of you know where they're the ones that might get into the most trouble well they said that the turkish van breed was like the most aggressive Ooh, or like, scored really high like scary I, I don't know if i've ever seen a turkish van cat i had never heard of that until i read this article it's like turkish Tur- van turkish van wilder right <laughs> <laughs> um Ooh, let's see what they look like. The most grooming ones were the Siamese and Balinese. And the the Bengal ones were the most active. So, like, I don't think I'd want a Bengal super active cat. I like, just, like, calm, low-key, chill vibe cat. So, if I was going to get a cat, I should maybe go with the Persian or exotic. The, exotic is, the, is, is, like, an official name I for a breed? Know. Or cat is that just, like... Are so, uh, you know is that just like miscellaneous i guess the thing i thought was weird about this study and maybe they did it this way on purpose but it's only like purebreds that are in the study and i guess it's because you want to make sure that you don't have like this contaminated dna of like Mm -hmm. the the mutts that we have in dog and cat you know so is like tuxedo a breed of cat it's not technically but everybody who owns one argues that it should be it's just domestic short hair and then the pattern that you see is just like the fur pattern gotcha but they have characteristics that are different than other cats for sure it's kind of it's weird because everyone kind of acknowledges the fact that tuxedos have a very distinct personality like every tuxedo kind of falls into that category of like mischief mischief friendliness and just like a good personable cat yeah like they're it's weird. Like able Dexter. to be like, around yeah. humans just and keep it chill you know yeah but they're playful enough to you know yeah like be uh, active and healthy and entertaining and so, entertain themselves so then what about like tabby like is that its own breed Tabbies or is, are crazy every tabby that i've met or we've owned has been a psychopath i don't think they're their own breed though i think yeah. it's more just like there's domestic short hair and that's like the big breed and then when you look within that breed you just see different okay. patterns of fur so yeah. tabby is one tuxedo is one calico but calico is its own breed okay. and um tortoise shell is its own i think tortoise shell yeah i oh. think it's like a long-haired calico what about Ooh, uh know. do they say mancoon anywhere in these ones or i that... don't think they were studied in this but the mancoon is its own breed it's right yeah, yeah. And they're, they're the giant big yeah. fucking cats right they're crazy i've seen one in person we used to go to the scottish games in yolo county and they would bring a mancoon every year because they had all these different like scottish like not like know, the uk animals. games they're scottish <laughs> right there were no boiled lobsters there um but they're big and they look like a dog they look weird because we don't usually see cats that are that big with like that long of limb they look like some sort of other animal entirely they're really cool yeah my brother had uh, a cat lived to be about 15 or 16 i think and it was like the biggest freaking tabby cat you've ever seen i think it's part mancoon because it was like 30 pounds yeah it was like the size of like two footballs that's crazy you merged them into a cat shape (laughs) <laughs> it was the size of a 30 pound cat <laughs> yes yeah, the size of a 30 pound dog but a cat yeah there you go yeah yeah I you guess. guys have three cats yes would you ever have four no you, no three, three is, is three was kind of an accident really <laughs> we whoops had, we got it, we, we got had, cat. we knew that we wanted a cat and then we thought well it should have a friend you know and then two seemed like a good number but then we found sophie the stray and Mm -hmm. nobody claimed her and she wasn't microchipped and we put up like i think we asked the vet you know we asked around we didn't put up signs but like nobody oh okay yeah we did nobody claimed her nobody said anything she had no collar no id anything you know just turned out to be a purebred yeah so we couldn't you know we couldn't just be like well we're gonna put you back in the empty parking lot then you know have fun getting food out of the dumpster no (laughs) So, I'm really fascinated with this next article about cats. Yeah. I didn't read one, it. I'm just kind of glancing it over. Nina. This one is really cool, actually. And it's not surprising at all. You know, like Reno said, we have three cats and we see, I don't know, all of their skills quite often. Um, I guess cats can track not just their owners, but anything they're trying to pay attention to. Um, 
and they like mental they make a mental map of their surroundings they use a lot of audio cues to figure out where things are um and part of that is the skill of like knowing and understanding object permanence it's something that they test um in animals and babies to see what their intelligence level is and like the the main test you hear about is like you what <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> like 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 a second grader or something like that like getting a report card and like yes they're they're um they don't have any littering issues they they're, they're steady really well they, they stay focused they follow the rules they're doing pretty good at math they're really fucking dumb though when it comes to po- uh object permanence they don't get when we they're out of recess that but, I still exist. I mean, like, it sounds like a joke, but really, I mean, I think some kids have trouble with that. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, usually like there's a host of other, you yeah, know, it's true things, you know, like it'd be funny if that was like, just like the one thing, like otherwise, like they're really good. Like they, they're calculus, just, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're spelling it like a freshman in high school level. Yep. And uh, they're really great at basketball, but. <laughs> but when I close and open the door, yeah. he's surprised to <laughs> yeah. see me. But it's like the one test you hear about a lot, um, when people are testing animals intelligence and and when they're testing babies intelligence and basically all you have to do is sit in front of this animal or baby and like put an object in front of them you know and then you put something in front of the object like a piece of cardboard or like you know a little like barrier basically Mm -hmm. and then most animals and most babies will like look around the barrier immediately to be like oh where did it go i'm sure it's there Mm -hmm. there's just something in front of it now and, but some animals, I think, depending on the species and some babies, depending on issues of, you know, any variety, they don't do that. They think that it's gone because the wall is there, mm. you know, or mm-hmm. you can take the object and put it behind you. A lot of people do the study that way. But anyway, um, they figured out that cats are really good at um, understanding object permanence. And it's part of what they use to figure out where their owners are and like where certain things are. Um in the study, they basically, they put a cat in a room um, with two speakers. And um, one of the speakers is by a window or a door, or I guess they both are. And they played recordings of the cat's owner's voice to try to sort of like, I don't know, throw it off basically. So picture the cat in a room and this first speaker is like in front of the cat and the other speaker is behind it. Mm-hmm. And they would play a recording of the owner's voice um, and the speaker in front of the cat. And then mm-hmm. the cat would react in a way where the researchers figured it was thinking, oh, my owner is um, behind that door or like on the other side of that window where the speaker is. And mm-hmm. so it would like perk its ears up and, um, you know, open its eyes wide and look in that area and expect the owner to come through the door or like look through the window or whatever. Sure. And then they would play a recording um, through the speaker behind the cat. And the cat would then react in a very surprised way to be like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I thought my owner was over there, you know? How did it get over here now? That's not how it works. My object permanence and audio cues are telling me the voice is connected to this person I know, and they should be there because that's where I heard it. That's the exact thoughts coursing through that cat's yes. mind. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and they did it, at least in this study, they did it with like the owner's voices of um, these cats, you know, that were pets because that's what they respond to. But I'm sure they could do it with like birds or like anything else if the cat is more into um, the outdoors. So. Yeah, like an outdoors kind of cat, no litter (laughs) issues, very active, Bengal. Athlete. Yeah, exactly. The (laughs) Bengal. Bengal cats are cool. I think they're really cool. They look like tiger stripes, right? Or am yeah, I just... but they have like they have more like leopard spots. Um, there is a cat that looks like a tiger. I forget what it's called, but the Bengals have the leopard spots, and they have like little little tufts, like specific shaped tufts on their paws, I think, and maybe their ears. But they're like super crazy and you know wild. So they look like wild animals. Their coats are really beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so cats they know where you are so look out based on audio signals not by visual cues yeah i mean probably both but well they hunt like they don't have like really good vision and often they're hunting at night when there's limited visibility so but their ears are great you know they're really good at that right um we should have done this other article next to the spider one we could have had a nice segue oh more creepiness yeah anyways um there's there's a new carnivorous plant, you guys. They've identified a new one. We all know about the Venus flytrap and the other ones that have like sticky 
petals or something like yeah, that and the flies creepy. get stuck and they like fall down like the tube or whatever yeah Those similar to the venus flytrap yeah kind of um so this one the triantha occidentalis is a flower that grows on the pacific northwest so uh, maybe northern california it sounds like it's kind of up and down the the whole western coast here but uh, they studied them um, just north of vancouver and they've known about these plants, these flowers, for a long time, um, but they just kind of pieced together just recently that they're actually a carnivorous uh, plant that eats uh, little bugs. Oh, that's not so bad as like. <laughs> it's not like catching squirrels, like, you know. Yeah, it's not like Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny yeah. shop of horrors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess it's it's the twelfth known example of a carnivorous plant. Mm. So very elite exclusive club. (laughs) Um, And so what they did was, uh, and and to give context, it's been over 20 years since they discovered the 11th uh, carnivorous plant. But they knew about this one. um, But what they did is, I think they did like a kind of like a genetic testing of it. And they discovered that this, Triantha occidentalis, or just Triantha for short, it's lacking this gene, and other carnivorous plants also don't have this one particular gene. Hmm. They didn't say what it was, but is it like for photosynthesis? Maybe. <laughs> no, they still photosynthesize, but okay. Um, they do live like in like swampy bog areas where there's not a lot of. Uh, it's not very uh, rich in nutrients, and so that's the other kind of clue. Is like how are they getting all their nutrients if they okay. live in this bog and swamp? And so they okay. they took a little closer study at it and they realized that yeah it's got it's sticky on its stem and it's uh capturing uh tiny bugs are getting stuck on it and it it absorbs its nutrients and what they did actually was they said that they they stamped these bugs with um a certain uh, nitrogen uh isotope which they could then track um they you know so an isotope you know has um more protons than the typical version of that atom so maybe i don't know what it is but maybe most like 98 percent of nitrogen has a certain amount of protons or neutrons sorry a nice dope will have extra neutrons and uh so they can measure that and they they saw that these plants were getting a lot of their nitrogen from these um little like gnats that uh were getting stuck on them and um Another interesting they, thing they said was that uh, most of the time, uh, the the sticky part where they trap and, or catch these uh, bugs, um, with most of these, most of these plants, they, they keep that away from the flower because they also need the bugs to procreate, right? They need uh, the pollinators to come by and, you know, swap yeah. the pollen between the plants. So, like, if the plant is eating the bugs then they never have a chance to pollinate so with this plant with the triantha um its stickiness is pretty close to its flowers and petals but it's um only slightly adhesive and they found that it's only uh trapping really small light um bugs Ooh, and is letting very specific the, yeah and it's yeah. letting the bees were too big and strong to get stuck so they could still pollinate that makes sense yeah. clever girl <laughs> girl clever hunger girl um yeah so you can you might be able to find these in fact i think they said they found them in uh several major urban centers along the pacific coast of north america so it's like it's not a rare plant um on this picture here it's kind of a small flower it's it's got about a dozen white petals with little yellow nubs on them so um check it out if you see a flower like that see if it's sticky see if there's any any bugs <laughs> throw some there. gnats at it and yeah. see if it eats them <laughs> give it some nitrogen isotopes <laughs> oh perfect i carry those around in my purse yes exactly <laughs> um and if you've hung out with us this far into the episode congratulations we are getting to nina's favorite this? story <laughs> is it the last story this is this the last, last story, story. which means there, it'll Mike. be mike's favorite um but dude <laughs> that's how that works <laughs> i did not even know this was a thing um apparently they hold beauty contests for camels the fuck yeah 
Let me guess. What country are we doing? Well, this go ahead. Well, and no, guess. you gotta guess. Yeah, yeah this is go. gonna go be fucking racist as shit. It's not racist. Where do camels live yeah, mostly? Somewhere <laughs> in the Middle East. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Name there a country in the Middle East. Iraq. Close. Afghanistan. No. Uh, India. It has two words. India is not really Middle two, East. It's a two-word Saudi country. Arabia. There yeah. You go. Ding 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 ding. All right. Excellent. Um, I mean, okay. it's got to be one of them, right? So, look at that's weird enough. All right, there's beauty contests for camels. First of all, I don't find camels very attractive. Well, now hold on here, guys. Like, no, camels are, like, are ho- fucking the, ugly. They animals, do like best dude. in show for like cats and dogs. Do they do it for horses too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I okay. Get that, like the so, headline is trying to be this way. So, but like we don't call them beauty contests. We don't say like we're gonna enter our horse into a beauty yeah, contest. It's a dog show. It's yeah. just Like here's the you little your dog. horse into a dog show. No. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, like you know, like dogs go to a dog show. Cats go to a cat show. I'm gonna say that we're not like Miss American the well, fucking okay. cat. You know, camel show sounds dirty though. Don't you think? Like, <laughs> so we're not show? gonna call it that i mean <laughs> just saying so maybe the camel right camel toe exactly yeah yeah i'll go Perfect. to the camel toe show all right so okay <laughs> i don't think i don't think of camels as like i'm sure there's like a reddit for it you know you i'm like sure a there is. you just go Probably. on there definitely i'm gonna look it up okay look it up <laughs> i don't think of camels as like no, for attractive. Camel toes, i'm not looking up camels i don't think that. of camels as attractive animals necessarily um, but whatever. Okay, if I look at it more like a, a dog show, then it makes sense. Well, to be honest, there's a picture of here of three camels on the top of the article. They have some nice looking fur. Calm down, Reno. All right, just keep, no, your, I mean, keep like, your weirdness to yourself. They're groomed. <laughs> They've got some nice facial features. Camels do have pretty they're, eyes. They got the eyelashes, yeah, right? Yeah, they're like so, you know, oops, sorry, Mike. They'd be... No, I'm over it. We, I've already I, had my look, tirade. Were you beginning. talking to okay. producer Mike or microphone Mike? I, I'm yeah. talking to both. They're one and the same for <laughs> intents and purposes of this episode. Stop button. Good night, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. but, the best part. All right. Okay. So it's weird enough to me, at least, that they have this contest for camels. But apparently, um, Saudi authorities are cracking down on these uh, <laughs> camel beauty contestants. Why? Because are they people, fucking them? They're fucking are, them, aren't they? No, Mike. It's not as weird as that. People are enhancing their camel entries with things like Botox. So <laughs> listen to this. This is this is like the weirdest part here. Okay, so I want to find the no, exact wording. Oh, what is well, there something before there's, that? It's first of all, it's called the King Abdulaziz Camel oh, Festival, right. and there's yeah. sixty-six million dollars in prize money at stake. So yeah, thank you. I almost forgot to say that. So like, it's <laughs> so not crazy. that where like for a couple shots here and there, like yeah, that might be Botox worth it. I mean, well, I, if if you could win sixty-six million dollars, and all you had to do is like give your pet Dexter a little shot here in the tail, a shot here in the face, and bada boom. No. Yeah, I wouldn't. But it's, it's but no. I don't think of them as like pets. I think that they buy the camels. They're more like livestock, don't you think? Like they're not like beloved household pets. Sure. Probably. I mean, I don't know. Some, so, I don't know. They sorry, wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to an animal I cared about. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, I might. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. But then again, we don't. We're not part of this this huge camel beauty contestant What's, industry. I guess my question is, why is it? Why is it illegal to put Botox in a camera? Because okay, they're, so so, really, look, they're, like, they're trying to, like, they're trying natural to judge. Beauty. Yeah, they're trying to judge these animals, you know, just like other, um, like animal show kind of things, you know. Like even with horse races, certain things are illegal. You're not supposed to like give your horse, you know, like the equivalent of steroids or whatever to I, win. I, I get that, so, but that's a performance sport when there's, you know, there's money waged on it. And all that kind of stuff. That's a, you know, that's a little bit different. Like this camel isn't out there performing. It's just yeah, getting judged trying, on its fucking looks. It's like an animal show where you say, like, okay, do you have the skills to raise a healthy, attractive camel? You know what I mean? Ooh. Like that's what they're judging. They're, they're not judging like uh, artificial. So the know. the winner is based on the shape of the animal's heads, their neck, their humps. How they're dressed, how and, they're their dressed. Po- and their postures. So what are they just like cramming the humps full of Botox? No, like, what are we doing? Look at no, the they, humps they put on the, that one. Here, mm. here is the part I wanted to find. Okay, this year authorities discovered dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of camels, used hormones to boost the animal's muscles, injected head and lips with Botox to make them bigger, and inflated body mm. parts with rubber bands, used fillers to relax their faces. 
So they're like super into this, this, this is... artificial manipulation. All right, here. I guess mm-hmm. I, I, all right, that's pretty fucking gnarly. So the I judges are like, like, all right, little, look, you know. A little bit of, just just a quick little shot. No, they're fucking up these camels. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right, like, I get it. It's yeah. kind of like, I imagine the equivalent of, you know, I mean, it is plastic surgery with the Botox, but. This camel festival also, by the way, it lasts about a month and it also includes, it's a massive carnival, which also includes camel races and vendors and sales and other festivities. Oh, so they are performing now. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, yeah, there's the, that too. And I'm sure like they would, I mean, I'd imagine that they do some dope testing. So you're not getting some like doped up, uh, you know, camels. <laughs> Botox. Yes. Camels. Steroids. No. Steroids. No. Um, How dare you juice up that camel? But they they showcase thousands of camels over the month. So I this, just this can't is a big believe deal. the prize money. Like that's crazy. That's probably through various, you know, it's probably contests. split up. Like, I yeah, guess. first place, second place, third yeah, place. like the grand, country, the, 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 though, I mean, the total yeah. of giveaway is like sixty six million. But dude, it's for like part of it goes to this contest, part of it goes to that contest. Like I mean, I don't know. And I just never been sprung on a camel though. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, like we just don't. I mean, we don't have camels naturally in north america we've got horses and like horse breeding is a pretty big industry and like yeah i'm sure there's lots of doping and shit that goes on and there no there there definitely is yeah Yeah. and it's it gets messed up you know so i'd love to see this like roided out cat just (laughs) fucking people up you know just like you know walking around (laughs) like it's the rock or something shit So yeah, I think that about does it for our uh, nature and animal episode here. Wonderful. That's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we've got a couple more that we're uh, recording today, so hopefully you enjoy some of our Why are you breaking reasons. the fourth one? I know. I was like, oh, whoa, now people know what? that we record them all at once. Oh, no, no. And but what, now, they're gonna listen, now they might want to listen to the next one. But what's they would listen to it anyway because they would see it underneath when they look. Well, I think like this <laughs> next... Hold up. What's this couple more shit? Uh, yeah, there's two more coming down the pipeline. One's a little bit shorter, so it'll be like this kind of... You said that last time. It I know, was an hour and a half. I know. This one's well, only like six or, shorter. six or seven articles, oh, and it kind of relates to like nature and animals because it's all about pushing the boundary of what you consider to be a living can i just press thing. record and fucking no. do something else this has been I six mean, degrees yeah. <laughs> of ruminations with your host reno gorman nina boyd and our producer mike good night good night, good night.